0: Mm-hmm. <music> listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you have joined us. So on Tuesday of next week, we have some really exciting news to unveil here at Detroit Today and WDET. We are going to kick off our summer book club at Source Booksellers on Cass in Midtown. This year's book is What the Eyes Don't See by Dr. Mona Hanna-Attisha. She is the Flint pediatrician who confirmed that there were elevated lead levels in Flint kids after that city switched its water source from Detroit water to drawing water out of The Flint River. Uh, The event on Tuesday is at 630 at Source Booksellers, and you can find details at WDET.org. Of course, last year we spent the summer talking about housing insecurity as we read, together, Matthew Desmond's Pulitzer Prize-winning book, Evicted. Now, on the Media is teaming up with Desmond for a new series about that issue. That four part series is called American Eviction Why a Nation of Renters Can't Make Rent, and it runs through the end of this month. You can catch On the Media here on WDET on Saturdays at 6 a.m. and on Mondays at 10 p.m. Host Brooke Gladstone joins us now to talk about her project. Brooke, welcome to Detroit Today.
1: Great to be here. Yeah.
0: So uh, give us an idea of what made you interested in this issue and some of the things that you learned as you delved into the whole idea of eviction and housing insecurity.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, we've changed the time of the whole thing. We're, I mean, can I call you back, Steve? I'm so sure. sorry. Yeah.
0: Yeah, call us back and uh, we'll talk more about uh, this issue. Meanwhile, uh, callers, give us uh, a ring and tell us what you think uh, about housing insecurity. And, of course, uh, uh, Matthew Desmond's book, Evicted, which we spent the summer with you last year talking about and meeting all over Uh, Southeast Michigan. Also give us a preview of what you think about discussing the Flint water crisis and water issues all over Southeast Michigan. We're going to spend this summer in lots of different communities here uh, showing up to have discussions about water issues, the ongoing water issues with uh, PFAS, uh, ongoing water issues with infrastructure, ongoing water issues with uh, with health and wellness. Uh, what is going on, for instance, now in the city of Flint, years after uh, the Flint water Flint water crisis was discovered. uh, And after there has been so much work done to make sure that everybody in that city has access to clean water, which, of course, uh, lots of people remind us all the time that that they don't, uh, that we are still Uh, not to the point where everyone in Flint can turn the tap on and be sure that the water comes out uh, is drinkable and uh, is not going to endanger their health. Um, We have a lot of uh, we have a lot of folks who are going to participate in those meetings. uh, And of course, we always look forward to you. Uh, being here as well. Uh, I believe we have Brooke Gladstone back in the studio. Can you hear me better now? Yes. All um, right. Apparently
1: the line was working fine. I don't understand <laughs> what the problem is. We're calling this series the Scarlet E, America's Ugh, Eviction Crisis. We changed like the name that. because uh, we found out, obviously, that if people think everybody can't make rent, they're going to say, well, wait a minute, I can. And the fact is, is it's huge. It's painful, this Mm. crisis, but it doesn't affect everybody equally. And that is the problem, is that sometimes it's hiding in plain sight. Mm. The the Scarlet E refers to the fact that in many places, in most places, if you get one eviction on your record, then uh, you will have so much trouble renting from anybody else. And of course, we all know, I mean, we've all heard about the statistic that... uh, a great, I think 40% of Americans are $400 away from not being able to cover an emergency. If, uh, if, they have an emergency that costs more than $400, whether it's a crucial car repair or the ceiling caves in or your kid is sick, they would have to borrow or sell something. And that's the kind of choice that rent burdened people have to make. Mm-hmm. And that's anybody who, according to HUD, makes uh, that has pay 30% or more of their income on rent. Yeah. Almost every more than half of the people in Detroit are spending more than 40 percent of their mm-hmm. income on rent right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, when we when we had this book club last year, it was remarkable to us as we went community to community around southeast Michigan, how common these problems were, how much more common they were, in fact, than most people uh, probably believed. Uh, and we heard from not just uh, renters themselves, we heard a lot from landlords as well about how they struggle with their tenants uh, in these issues. You, you also did some traveling around the country I did. Uh, to a number of different cities uh, to take a look at this problem. Uh, did, you, did you find differences in, in the places that you went?
1: My partner in this is Matt Desmond, who mm-hmm. started the Eviction Lab at Princeton, which is the first time that there has been a publicly available database about American eviction. And he'll be the first one to tell you that this data, these data are very, very incomplete because mm. it's possible that maybe two or three times more informal evictions that leave no paper happen than uh regular legal uh, evictions in this country. But he was saying that the coverage was in a rut, that it had really focused on San Francisco and Boston, and that according to his numbers, the highest rates of eviction are not in those places, and they are not for the same reasons. You go to San Francisco, it's a lack of actual built housing stock. You go to Richmond, which is number two, uh, and it isn't about a lack of housing stock. It's about there's it's not a high cost of uh, living area. Mm. Neither is Tulsa. Neither is Oklahoma City. Neither is North Charleston. It's not about those things. It's about the extraction of wealth from poor communities. And keeping people on the edge so that their lives are incredibly fragile. That's where most of the evictions happen. Hmm. Another surprising thing you are asking me, and I know I'm trying to make up for all the time that we lost. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but uh, the uh, is that if you look at evictions, you see the rate of uh, rent soaring. The costs of rent are soaring. The rate of legal eviction, anyway, is pretty stable. So what does that mean? Hmm. The only thing it can mean is that you're paying forty percent, fifty percent, sixty percent because you need a roof and because you have a kid. And meanwhile, the uh, the amounts that have been over over the long haul, I think there were some small increases this year, but over the long haul, the support that people who need homes get from the federal government has uh, has either has really gone down. Sure,
0: sure. Um, uh, I think it's interesting that uh, you're reporting on this issue now just as the 2020 elections and campaigns start to gear up. And we have started to hear from candidates about housing issues. I, I feel like that is uh, sort of a new iteration of the discussion. I don't remember this Occupying a whole lot of space in former presidential campaigns.
1: I had it became very clear to me that that was the case, too. We started this before a lot of those were a lot of those programs were articulated. Mm -hmm. Not Elizabeth Warren. She was out there ahead of time, partly, she says, because she read Matt's book. <clears throat> evicted poverty and profit in the american city i didn't write it he didn't ask me to push it, but frankly <laughs> it's a page turner it's yes. really interesting it's to an read Im- and it is it's you an read incredible it too. yeah oh yes yeah. I
0: mean, we, we we read it as a community last oh, i'm so uh, glad summer. Yeah.
1: I'm so glad anyway, Matt came to me to do this series and uh And when it comes to the politics, we brought that up very late. But I think personally that the country is in a time of reckoning. You know, who are we as a people? Uh, Those of us who are good white liberals may have been complacent, may have thought that, yeah, there's a lot of injustice, but the system fundamentally works. And I think many of those kinds of people, the kind of person that I am mm. would be would have been very shaked by out of their complacency in the last few years. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it isn't as if there haven't been cops shooting unarmed black people before. Mm. You know, mm. that's happened the whole time. But with, before cell phones.
0: Right. We couldn't it, see it. And it quite <laughs> and the coverage yeah. wasn't
1: the same. I mean, for generations, crime and uh, and loss in black communities wasn't covered as much or in the same way as white communities. I mean, it's, it's all part of the same pattern. But I think that the reason why there's a focus on eviction now is because we understand that we were wrong. Hmm. And we also are beginning to understand that this problem won't take care of itself. Hmm. We have to change something. We have to take what we want the country to be, what we want ourselves to be as a people, into our own hands. And I think that's why these anti-eviction, affordable housing type uh, policies have gained so much saliency. Yeah.
0: Uh, You work, of course, in the realm of media criticism. Do you think the media are doing our jobs when it comes to letting people know about eviction and housing insecurity?
1: Well, I haven't followed it as closely until the last six (laughs) months, but Matt has. Hmm. And his feeling was that, and this is a problem, of course, of all media, is that if you live on the coasts, or in the big cities, as most national reporters do, sure. you have a tendency to use what's going on in your city as a kind of touchstone. So, for instance, in New York, there's a great concern about gentrification. Yes, It's not a big concern in Albuquerque. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Another thing that he uh, he noted is that if you follow the path of the highest migrations, I mean, the highest evictions, it follows the path of the great migration. Yes,
0: yes, it does. All right, Brooke Gladstone, uh, we look very much forward to your series uh, on eviction. And thanks very much for being here with us on Detroit Today.
1: You're very welcome. On the (laughs) org (laughs) slash eviction. Yes. Thanks. Uh,
0: Thank you. All right, tune in tomorrow, and we're going to talk about 5G. What is it, and what could it mean for your life? And why is there so much disinformation about the health concerns around it? This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.